This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass. وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وقرة أعيننا محمد بن عبد الله الصادق الأمين صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين لا إله لا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we send his greatest peace and complete blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was sent as a mercy to the worlds. Uh, and glory be to you, uh, O Allah. Uh, we have no knowledge except that which you have taught us. You are indeed the all-knowing, the all-wise. وَنَمْضِي فِي الْحَدِيثِ وَالْكَلَامِ عَلَى شُعَبِ الْإِيمَانِ مَعَ كِتَابِ الْإِمَامِ الزَّبِيدِ عِقْدُ الْجُمَانِ وَوَصَلْنَا إِلَى الدَّرْسِ السَّادِسِ وهو في ذكر الشعب النفسانية الظاهرية الفعلية بعد أن تكلمنا في الدرسين الماضيين عن الشعب المتعلق عن الشعب القولية الشعب النفسانية القولية اليوم درسنا عن الشعب النفسانية الظاهرية الفعلية and we are continuing our lessons in the branches of faith uh, with uh, Imam Zabidi's commentary on it الجمان and we are continuing today with the branches of faith related to outward actions. After the last two days, we've looked at the branches of, uh, of faith that relate to the inward. Uh, we are continuing with the sixth lesson, looking at the outward actions. قال رحمه الله تعالى والفعلية كالطهارة وستر العورة وإقامة الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة والقيام بأمر الجنائز والصيام والحج والوفاء بالنذر وتعظيم الأيمان أرجو أن تصحح من لديه نسخة ومكتوب في النسخة المطبوعة وتعليم الإيمان وهذا خطأ طباعي الصواب تعظيم الأيمان وآخرها وأداء الكفارات So the branches of faith related to outward actions uh, He said may Allah have mercy on him are purification, tahara, covering the aura, the area of nakedness, establishing the prayer, giving the zakat, uh, establishing what is needed of funerals, fasting, the pilgrimage, uh, fulfilling uh, oaths and covenants, and uh, having reverence for uh, the oaths that one takes when someone uh, swears by the, the name of Allah, to have reverence for that. Uh, and for those who have the Arabic copy, there, there is a, a, a mistake in the printing where the author says, Ta'lim al-Ayman, but the correct is Ta'lim al-Ayman. Having reverence for the oaths made in Allah's name and, uh, and uh, giving the uh, kafara is the expiation, giving expiation. فَأَوَّلُوا الشُّعَبِ الَّتِي فِي دَرْسِ الْيَوْمَ الطَّهَارَةِ والطهارة لغة النظافة واصطلاحا الخلوص من الأدناس الحسية والمعنوية فالطهارة هي النظافة عندما يقول الإنسان تطهر يا بني 
أي اغسل وجهك اغسل يديك هذا كله يدخل في الطهارة وفي الاصطلاح المقصود بالطهارة هي طهارة القلب وأيضا طهارة البدن لأن البدن المسلم عندما يقوم للصلاة وعندما يستعد لأداء العبادة لابد أن يكون نظيفا من أي نجاسة أو من أي شيء يمنع وصول الماء إلى البشرة فهذا إزالة هذا الأمر أو إزالة ما علق بالجلد أو بالأظفار من الأوساخ أو من تراكم الطبقات أو من بعض الأدوات التجميل التي يستخدمها الناس اليوم هذا كله يدخل في الطهارة So uh, the first branch that the author speaks about is uh, purification, tahara. And uh, in the Arabic language, the word tahara means cleanliness. And what it means in regards to the sharia is the removal of any impurities uh, physically and internally, physically and spiritually. So uh, uh, within, uh, you know, in the Arabic language, someone might use the word tahara Uh, a father might say to his son, go wash your face or go, go wash your hands. In other words, go clean yourself. But uh, as it relates to faith and as it relates to Islam is the internal purification of the heart and the outward purification of one's body when they want to establish the prayer or they want to establish one of the fara'id, uh, the one of the obligations that Allah has commanded them to do then they are sure and they're certain that their body is free of impurities. And it also, what is meant by it, is that if there is anything on their skin that prevents water when they are washing themselves from reaching the skin, uh, then that has to also be removed. So if there, for example, is some dirt that builds up a layer, and that layer has to be removed in order for the water to reach the limb and to reach uh, the skin, then that's also part of tahara, or it could also relate to some of the uh, cosmetic uh, cosmetic materials that people use that prevent water from reaching the body. Those also have to be removed. عندما نزل قول الله سبحانه وتعالى فيه رجال أي في مسجد قباء فيه رجال يحبون أن يتطهروا والله يحب المطهرين. عندما نزلت هذه الآية ذهب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى بني عمرو بن عوف وهم جماعة من الأنصار كانوا يسكنون إلى جوار مسجد قباء فنزل فزارهم وكان ينزل عليه الصلاة والسلام في منزل كلثوم بن الهدم أحد بني عمرو بن عوف وكان يسكن في تلك المنطقة فاجتمع أهل قباء عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فسألهم لقد مدحكم ما معنى الحديث لقد مدحكم الله تعالى مدحة عظيمة بالغة فيه رجال يحبون أن يتطهروا والله يحب المطهرين فماذا تفعلون فأجابوا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بماذا قالوا إنا نتبع الحجر الماء عندما نستنجي ونغسل أسافلنا من أثر قضاء الحاجة كانوا يستعملون أولا الحجارة ثم بعد ذلك يغسلون المحل والموضع بالماء إذا هذا اشتمل فعلهم على طهارتين وإلا فواحدة تكفي الحجر إذا قلع النجاسة وإذا طهر المحل يكفي وهذا تسمى الطهارة البديلة الحجر هو طهارة بديلة والأساس في التطهير ماذا؟ الماء الماء هو الأساس في التطهير فإذا اكتفينا بالماء فهو كاف 
وأما إذا أردنا أن نجمع الأمرين فهذا غاية التطهر وفي عصرنا اليوم لا لا نستعمل ولا نستخدم في مراحيضنا الحجارة فتوجد المناديل وهناك يعني معنى لطيف في استعمال المناديل قبل أن استعمال الماء وقبل مباشرة العورة باليد وهو أقال أن الروح هذه الروح دائما تحب الصفاء وتحب اللطافة والنظافة التامة فاليد إذا باشرت النجاسة مباشرة كان في ذلك تكثيف للروح ولهذا إذا مسحنا بالمنديل أولا ثم بالماء يكون ملامسة النجاسة أخف على الروح وهذا معنى ذوقي Allah says in the Quran within it i.e. Masjid Quba there are men who love to purify themselves and Allah that loves those who are purified or those who are clean so the Prophet وسلم, he went to the tribe that lived near uh, Masjid Quba the tribe of Amr ibn Awf Banu Amr the tribe that lived uh, near the Masjid Masjid Quba and the Prophet ﷺ gathered them and he said, Allah has praised you with a great form of praise and a very comprehensive form of praise because Allah says, and Allah loves those who are purified. So what is it that you do that has earned this kind of praise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And they said it in a very beautiful way. They said, we follow the uh, stones that we use with water. In other words, when someone is responding to the call of nature and fulfilling their human need, they would clean themselves with uh, with rocks to remove the najasa, to remove the impurity, and to do so with rocks is enough. Uh, and then they would follow it up with water to uh, uh, combine the two things. And the sheikh was saying that uh, in the sharia, in, according to fiqh, that rocks are the exception and the uh, the better of the two or the the foundation is cleaning with water but they actually brought both together and to, in today's world we don't use rocks in our homes uh, but we have uh, tissue paper and the the scholars they say that there is a very subtle uh, spiritual uh, lesson or spiritual benefit in uh, in this and one it is that uh, when a person responds to the call of nature, they can remove the uh, impurity that's there first with tissue paper before washing with water because the soul of the human being loves those things that are pure and clean. And the soul of the human being, if someone touches the impurity, uh, uh, you know, if someone touches the impurity uh, without removing it first, then that will be uh, something that is painful or disliked by the soul. So they would recommend removing it with with tissue paper and cleaning the area first, and then washing it with water, because there is more adab in that, and it has a certain uh, spiritual tasting for those who want to uh, take care of the higher refinement of their soul. al-awrah. <laughs> وما هي العورة هي السوءة سوءة الإنسان أو العورة المغلظة هي المكان الذي يستحي البشر من إظهاره لغيرهم للآخرين بخلاف باقي البدن بدن ويختلف عورة الرجل عن عورة المرأة فالمرأة 
بدنها كله عورة إلا الوجه والكفين في الصلاة وعند بعض الفقهاء في غير الصلاة لكن عورة الرجل أخف أخف شأنا من عورة المرأة ولكن هناك عورة مغلظة يشترك فيها الجميع وهي السوأتان فستر العورة فستر هذا المكان أو ستر كل ما شرع ما جاء الشرع بوجوب ستره هذا من شعب الإيمان ومن كمال إيمان المسلم. Another aspect uh, or another branch of faith is covering the aura, covering one's uh, nakedness. And uh, Sheikh Muhammad was saying that there is a, a greater aura, a greater nakedness, and a lesser uh, nakedness, and that for men and women they are different. But the greater nakedness for both of them is the same, and that is the area that one would be ashamed if anyone saw that part of their body. Uh, so it is the, the, the private area. Uh, and uh, for men and women, for other parts of their body, it is different. Uh, for women, it is covering their entire body except their hands and face in prayer, and according to some fuqaha, outside of the prayer as well. Uh, but covering this nakedness and covering uh, particularly the area, uh, the area of the passageways is uh, part of our iman and part of having perfection in faith uh, is covering that. والعورة بالنسبة للمؤمن أيضا يدخل فيها العورات المعنوية الأخلاق السيئة والأمور التي لا ينبغي للمؤمن أن يظهرها للآخرين قد يكون في الإنسان شراسة في طبعه عرامة حدة في الطبع سرعة في الغضب هذه عورات ينبغي للمؤمن أن يجاهد نفسه في كظمها في إخفائها ما استطاع والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إنما العلم بالتعلم وإنما الحلم بالتعلم لا يأتي الإنسان يعني الأخلاق وتهذيبه تهذيب الأخلاق لا يأتي دفعة أرأيت الطفل إذا ترك بدون أن يفطم يريد كل في كل يوم في كل ساعة يريد أن يرضع مثدي أمه لكن بالفطام يتعود حتى ينسى كذلك الإنسان حتى مهما كبر في السن مهما يعني لم يعني يروض نفسه من بداية أمره يعود نفسه على هذه الأخلاق الحسنة فهذه الأخلاق السيئة عبارة عن عورات ماذا معنوية أيضا من كمال إيمان المؤمن ماذا أن يسترها عن الآخرين And there's another aspect of the aura or the, the, the things that we want to remain covered and he said, and that relates to the inward awra, the inward uh, flaws or the inward uh, qualities that one wants to uh, shield and veil from other people. So, and that relates to bad character. So, for example, if someone is very coarse, if someone is very quick to become angered, uh, someone has these bad character traits, then they are going to want to try to hide those and to uh, contain those bad character traits. And as the Prophet ﷺ said, that learning, uh, that, that gaining knowledge is through learning and acquiring forbearance is through forcing yourself to be forbearant. So it's not something that necessarily comes natural, but it's something that we have to train ourselves in order to have this better uh, quality and character trait. And just as a child, if you leave the child to continuously nurse, 
it will never be weaned from the mother and it will always want to nurse. But if you wean the child and you uh, allow the child to get used to not nursing, it will eventually be weaned. And even though we are adults, the same goes for us, <clears throat> that we have to train ourselves to acquire these good character traits and to contain these bad character traits so that they don't become exposed and shown to people. الصلاة في اللغة الدعاء وفي الاصطلاح أقوال وأفعال مفتتحة بالتكبير ومختتمة بالتسليم هذه الصلاة في الشرع هي أقوال نحن عندما نصلي ماذا نفعل نقرأ أقوالا أو نقرأ أدعية وأذكارا وآيات من القرآن ونفعل أفعالا أو نؤدي أفعالا الركوع السجود والاعتدال وغير ذلك هذه هي الصلاة والمطلوب من المؤمن أن يكون دائم الذكر لله سبحانه وتعالى وقال الله تعالى وأقم الصلاة لذكري أي أقم الصلاة لتذكرني لذكري أي لتذكر فالمؤمن دائما يعمر وقته كلما فرغ كما في سورة ألم نشرح وإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فرغب فانصب أي استقم قم عند فراغك في محراب العبادة and then the next branch of faith is establishing the prayer. And the salah in the Arabic language literally means dua, supplication, or prayer. Uh, and as it relates to the sharia, it is specific statements and specific actions uh, that open with the takbir of saying Allahu Akbar. So when we get up to pray, there is a specific set of things that we say of dua and Quran. And there are specific movements that we make. So that's what's, uh, that's what's meant by the salah in the technical sense of the sharia. And, uh, uh, it is a, an important aspect of ibadah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, and establish the prayer for my remembrance, i.e., so that you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, uh, uh, this is something that a believer should fill their time with through extra acts of worship and prayer. And as Allah said uh, uh, in Surah Alam Nashrah Laka Sadrak, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ So when you have free time or when you are done with one particular uh, obligation, then stand up. فَانْصَبْ means to stand up and uh, uh, to, to stand up in the prayer niche of worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. سُئِلَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ أَيُّ الْأَعْمَالِ أَفْضَلُ فَقَالَ الصَّلَاةُ لمواقيتها والله تعالى يقول إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتة هذه بالنسبة للفروض وما يتبعها من النوافل القبلية والبعدية كذلك التراويح لها وقت هذه الصلوات المؤقتة طبعا الفرائض أولا ثم النوافل المؤقتة ثم بعد ذلك النوافل المطلقة هناك نوافل مطلقة لا تتقيد بوقت الإنسان مثلا إذا فرغ من صلاة العشاء البعدية صلاة العشاء وبعديتها معه الليل كله إلى الفجر يصلي ما شاء من النوافل لا حد لصلاة الليل نعم فإذا مواقيت الصلاة هي الأوقات التي وقتت فيها. And uh, uh, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was asked what are the what is the best of actions and he said praying in the prescribed times. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, truly the prayer uh, was decreed and prescribed times upon the believers. 
So this is in relation to the obligatory prayers, that there are prescribed times for the obligatory prayers, and there are also prescribed times for sunnah prayers, uh, for example, like the taraweeh prayer, and the sunnahs related to before and after certain obligatory prayers. But then there are also prayers that are called nafil mutlaq, uh, an uh, unlimited uh, an unlimited extra voluntary prayer. So for example, if a person prays Salat al-Isha and then they pray the Sunnah after Salat al-Isha, they can pray as many Nafil prayers as they want for the rest of the night. There's no limit to that. Uh, so this is in relation to the different uh, categories of the prayer from obligatory to Sunnah to uh, you know un- unrestricted voluntary prayers. وَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ عَمُودُ الْإِسْلَامِ عَمُودُ الدِّينِ والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهذه الصلوات المفروضة أيضا لها أجر وهناك مرغبات كثيرة فمن من تلك المرغبات قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلوات الخمس أي الفرائض والجمعة إلى الجمعة كفارات لما بينهن مجتنبة الكبائر وهذه بشارة عظيمة وهدية من هدايا المولى تعالى لهذه الأمة لأن الذنوب الصغائر التي لا يصر عليه الإنسان أو تقع منه يعني في حال في في أثناء عمله اليومي تمر بالإنسان أخواطر سيئة ربما ربما أفعال سيئة ولكن لا تعد من الكبائر فهذه تغتفر وتكفرها ماذا الصلوات كما في حديث آخر أرأيتم لو أن نهرا غمرا بباب أحدكم يغتسل منه كل يوم خمس مرات أو كل يوم فيه خمس مرات أيبقى من درانه شيء هل إذا إنسان يغتسل لكل صلاة في النهر ويطلع نظيف ويفعل ذلك خمس مرات في اليوم هل بين المرة والمرة يبقى في الجسم وسخ أو, أو, أو أي شيء من القاذورات لا يبقى شيء فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كذلك الصلوات الخمس يكفر الله بهن الخطايا and uh, the prayers have a great reward and a great benefit for the believer and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم taught us about the specific rewards and benefits of the prayers, and he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the five prayers, i.e. the obligatory prayers, and the jum'ah to the next jum'ah, are an expiation for anything that occurs between them, as long as major sins are avoided. So, uh, uh, look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed this great gift upon us, that these uh, smaller sins or minor sins that continuously are accumulating in our day, whether one is at work and maybe they have some bad thoughts about another person or, you know, someone is doing something and they might not think much of it, but that these smaller sins start to accumulate, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us on the tongue of the Prophet ﷺ that those things are forgiven. And in another hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if one of you had a flowing river at your doorstep in front of your house and you washed in that river five times a day, would any of you have, would that person have any uh, filth or any dirtiness on them? And they said, absolutely not, O Messenger of Allah. If someone is going in five times a day and they're washing themselves, that whatever is accumulated in between will quickly be washed off. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that is the likeness of the five prayers. They are, it's an expiation for what occurs in between them. <laughs> والزكاة في اللغة هي النم هو النماء والزيادة وشرعا قدر من المال في مال مخصوص لمالك المخصوص الزكاة 
في 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 اللغة كل شيء ينمو ويزين عندما يزداد نموه فذلك زكي كما يقول زكى الزرع إذا نمى الزرع وبدأ بدأت الزهور تظهر فيه فنقول هذا وأيضا الطعام يوصف بأنه زاكن لماذا؟ لأنه طيب وشرعا قدر من المال يخرج من من مالك المخصوص المالك المخصوص هو الذي ملك النصاب بشروطه وأركانه في الشريعة الإسلامية إذا الزكاة في اللغة لها معنى وفي الشريعة لها معنى وإيتاء الزكاة بمعنى أن يعطي الإنسان قدرا مفروضا واجبا من ماله للفقراء والمساكين الذين أمر الله سبحانه وتعالى بإعطائهم فهذا الأمر أي إيتاء الزكاة هو من الإيمان لأن زكاة الإنسان كيف يخرجها هل يأتي إنسان يراقب عليك إذا بينك وبين الله مثلها مثل الصوم وإن كانت الزكاة يعني للدولة أن تسيطر أو تأمر الناس بتسجيل أموالهم حتى يخرجوا منهم القدر الواجب ولكن في الأساس أن الإنسان يخرج الزكاة طواعية من نفسه لماذا لأنه مؤمن فمن شعب الإيمان أن يخرج الإنسان فضلة ماله الواجبة للفقراء and the next branch of faith is uh, giving the zakat. And the word zakat in Arabic, it means uh, an increase or a cultivation. When something becomes cultivated and increases, that is what the, the word in Arabic means for zakat. So, for example, if a flower is growing and then it blossoms, they will say that uh, it has cultivated. It has uh, uh, it has zakah in that it's cultivated, and what it means according to the Sharia is a specific amount of wealth from a specific type of wealth that is given uh, to specific people. So it is something that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made an obligation upon us that if someone has wealth and that wealth is above the liability minimum, the nisab. Then uh, every year they have to give a certain portion of that wealth uh, to those who are in need and those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has specified are given the zakat. Uh, so uh, this is something that a person should do between them and their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In today's world, nobody is going to come and force you to pay your zakat, although uh, it should be that the, 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 the authorities and the government should, uh, encourage people and make sure that people pay their zakat. If, you know, their, their wealth is known and it's registered, then they should encourage them and tell them to pay the zakat. But the reality is that the foundation of that is a decision that the believer makes and does willingly because they are a believer and this is part of their duty uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So giving out the zakat, giving that specific uh, amount of wealth uh, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is part of the branches of faith. وَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّ الْإِمْتِنَاعَ مِنْ أَدَاءِ الزَّكَاءِ كَبِيرَةٌ مِنَ الْكَبَائِرِ وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى حَذَّرَ فِي كِتَابِهِ مِنْ مِنْ كَنْزِ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَعَدَمِ إِخْرَاجِ الْقَدْرِ الْوَاجِبِ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَالَّذِينَ يَكْنِزُونَ الذَّهَبَ وَالْفِضَّةَ وَلَا يُنْفِقُونَهَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَبَشِّرْهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ هُنَا لَيْسَ مَعْنَاهُ التَّطَوُّعُ لَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فِي هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ بِالْخُصُوصِ معناه القدر الواجب من من أداء الزكاة لأن التطوع 
لا يعذب لا يعذب المولى سبحانه وتعالى رجلا او مسلما امتنع من التطوع لكن يعذب على ماذا؟ على من امتنع من اداء الواجب فاذا هنا القرينه التي عرفنا منها او تيقنا ان المقصود بسبيل الله في في هذا الموضع لانه الانفاق في سبيل الله امره واسع فقد تنفق في سبيل الله تطوعا يعني صدقه ولكن هنا المقصود به الزكاه and uh, there's no doubt that not giving the zakat is an enormity it is a major sin uh, and uh, it, you know it is something that is enormous in the sight of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran and those who store away uh, gold and silver and do not spend it in the way of Allah then give them the news that they will be given a terrible punishment a painful punishment and what is meant here in spending it in the way of Allah is it is meant that it is the zakat it doesn't mean that it's sadaqa because sadaqa or giving it you know voluntarily is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish people over because there is a choice in that but when Allah says that they will be punished it is in reference to that thing which is an obligation upon them uh, uh, so for those who do not give the zakat it is an enormity and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, warns them of the punishment. ولا شك ان الذهب والفضه وان كان لا يوجد في عصرنا تداول بالذهب والفضه فالمقصود منه المال. كل عمله استخدمت في البيع والشراء وقام وقامت عليها معايش الناس فهي تقوم مقام الذهب والفضه. فليس المقصود فقط ان ان الزكاه واجبه في الذهب والفضه كما بعض الناس الان يتخلصون يعني او يتهربون ويقولون نحن قرانيون ها لا نؤدي ما في زكاه ما في كيف نؤدي زكاه ما عندنا ذهب وفضه وهذه ظاهريه مقيته يعني يعني هذا تنصل من الواجب بل الواجب ان كل انسان ملك قدر النصاب وهذا امر معروف في الفقه الشاهد ان المقصود بالذهب والفضه كل مال تحصل عليه الإنسان وقام عليه البيع والشراء في أي دولة في أي بلد في العالم ففيه الزكاة. And uh, uh, although Allah subhanahu wa taala says gold and silver and maybe in today's world we do not deal and buy things and sell things according to gold and silver, what is meant by is the currency and the way in which a person buys and sells. And, uh, uh, you know, spends in order to sustain and live their lives. So even though we might not necessarily be doing that in gold and silver, what is really meant here is wealth in general and the things that we use and spend on our uh, livelihood. So, you know, someone can't say, like some people might say, Oh, you know, we, we follow the Qur'an. We're, we, we're followers of the Qur'an and the Qur'an says gold and silver. We don't have any gold and silver, so zakat is not an obligation upon us. Now, this is someone uh, playing around and finding, trying to find a way out. Whereas the reality is that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to is your wealth. And if someone has the liability minimum, that it is above a certain minimum, then uh, the zakat becomes an obligation upon them and they have to pay whatever that amount is according to the wealth that they live by. الشعبة الخامسة القيام بأمر الجنائز ولا شك أن حق المسلم على المسلم حقوق كثيرة حقوق في الحياة وحقوق في الموت فإذا حقوق الحياة نعلمها من أخوة ومحبة ومودة إلى غير ذلك 
وبالنسبة للموت إذا مات الإنسان فالواجب له من حقه على الغير سواء كان قريبا ابنا أو أخا أو من الأقرباء والأرحام أو من إخوانه المسلمين فهذا يكون فرض كفاية القيام بأمر الجناز أولا يجهز الميت بعد ثم بعد ذلك يغسل ويكفن ويصلى عليه ثم يدفن هذه خمس حقوق على المي... للميت على الحي على المسلم عموم على المسلمين عموما وهذا اسمه فرض كفايه بمعنى اذا قام به بعض الناس يسقط به بهم الحرج او الاثم عن الاخرين فالقيام بامر الجنائز ايضا من من الايمان من شعب الايمان So uh, the next branch of faith is establishing uh, funerals for Muslims. So Muslims have rights in their life and they also have rights in their death. So when a Muslim dies, uh, uh, there is a responsibility and a duty that is owed to ensure that they are buried and given the proper funeral, uh, whether that person is a relative or a family member or someone close to you or uh, anyone uh, from among the Muslims, that it is a communal obligation, it is a fard kifaya, it is a communal obligation that that person, their uh, funeral arrangements are taken care of, and what that means is that their body is prepared, their body is washed, uh, they shroud the body, they pray over the body, they make dua for the person and they bury them. So those are the rights that a Muslim is owed even in death, if some people establish it, then the responsibility is lifted off from the rest of the community. So this is one of the branches of faith as well. نعم ولا شك أن المؤمن أو المسلم حتى وإن مات تبقى له حقوق متعلقة بما بعد الموت من حفظ سره ومن عدم غيبته أو الكلام السوء عليه ما دام لم يؤذي أحدا ولكن كل شيء يأخذ مجراه إلا إذا كان إنسان مات وعليه حقوق لآخرين وعليه قضايا أو كذا فكل شيء يجري مجراه ولكن العادة أو بالنسبة لعامة المسلمين ممن لا يتعلق بهم أو تتعلق بهم حقوق للآخرين فالواجب ستر أمورهم وعدم الخوض وأن نوكل أمورهم وشأنهم إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى and there are also certain, uh, there's a certain respect and right that is owed to a person after they die in that we do not expose their secrets. We do not uh, uncover their secrets uh, and we do not backbite that person. Uh, particularly if the person has not harmed other people. And in the case of someone who's harmed other people, you know, every, every case has its own, uh, has its own situation. So if someone, ha- if someone owes rights to others, or uh, owes things to other people, then that's an exceptional situation. But what we're referring to is the generality of believers that when someone dies, that their honor should be respected after their death, and they should not uh, expose uh, their flaws and their secrets and say uh, bad things about them even after their passing. عن الطعام والشراب وسائر الفطرات من شروق الشمس إلى غروبها هذا الصوم الشرعي وهناك في الآية قالت إني نذرت للرحمن صوم سيدة مريم عليها السلام فماذا قالت إني نذرت للرحمن صوم فلن أكلم اليوم إنسيا صامت عن الكلام 
إذن الصوم هو الإمساك عن الشيء أن تصبر نفسك أو تمنعها عن شيء فمعناه أنك صمت عن ذلك عن ذلك الأمر الذي كنت تريده وأحجمت عنه uh, The next branch of faith is fasting صيام and the word صوم in Arabic the root word for صيام uh, is uh, it, it means to withhold yourself from something and as it relates to the sharia <clears throat> it is withholding yourself from drinking uh, from eating and drinking and other things that invalidate the fast from uh, from uh, dawn from fajr uh, until uh, until the sunset until maghrib and uh, sayyida maryam alayha salam she said in the quran uh, i have vowed to Allah that I will do a psalm today, that I will do a withholding, a fast, or withholding from something. So I will not speak to any human being today. And what she meant by that was a vow of silence that she would withhold from speech, which is an indication that the word in Arabic is an indication of holding yourself back from something that the human being would normally do or want. يتشعب بنا كثيرا والمقصود أن من شعب الإيمان أن الإنسان يكثر من الصوم طبعا رمضان شهر رمضان فريضة ولكن المقصود أن يكثر الإنسان من الصوم في سائر السنة صوم الاثنين والخميس الأيام البيض من كل شهر وبعض الأيام الفاضلة كصوم عاشوراء وغيره فهذا من كمال الإيمان ومن شعب الإيمان And there is much to be said about fasting uh, but what we'll say here is that the important thing is that as part of our iman, as part of our faith, that we should fast abundantly. And obviously in the month of Ramadan, it is an obligation. But outside of the month of Ramadan, we should uh, take advantage of fasting and engage in fasting and fasting the virtuous days, whether it's the day of Arafah or the day of Ashura or the other virtuous days in the year, but that we make it something that as part of our faith, uh, uh, we, we do this act of worship. ثم الشعبة السابعة الحج والحج هو قصد معظم وشرعا قصد البيت الحرامي لآداء النسك فأداء الحج وهو من أركان الإسلام ولكنه عند الفقهاء عند الإمام الشافعي الحج على التراخي لمن استطاع إليه سبيلا وهل يجب على كل من استطاع هو على التراخي بمعنى إذا مات الإنسان ولم يحج وكان مستطيعا هل يأثم بعض العلماء قالوا يأثم وبعضهم قالوا لا يأثم إذا كان مقصرا وكان مستطيعا وليست هناك أي موانع لا شك أنه يأثم لماذا لأنه قصر في ركن من أركان الإسلام ولا وعند كثير من العلماء أنه على الفور بمعنى متى ما ملك الإستطاعة وجب عليه الحج فورا عموما هذا الاختلاف في وجوب الحج أمره واسع وفيه ساعة على المسلمين ولكن من كمال الإيمان أن يبادر الإنسان إلى الحج ما المانع له من أن يحج حتى يكمل دينه ويقابل ربه سبحانه وتعالى إذا لقيه بعد الموت لا يمنعه مانع فإذا عليه أن يبادر فالذي يبادر هذا معناه أنه كامل الإيمان uh, The next branch of faith is the hajj is the pilgrimage and the word hajj in Arabic means to seek out something that is great to seek out something that is great and according to the Sharia, it is seeking out the sacred uh, holy sanctuary of Allah to fulfill the specific rites of worship that Allah has asked of us. <clears throat> and the ulama, they differed whether 
uh, Hajj is something that for whoever is able to do so, as the Prophet ﷺ said, and to perform uh, the Hajj for whoever is able to do so. The ulama differed. If someone has enough wealth to perform the Hajj, is it an obligation immediately upon them? Or is it something that they have flexibility and they can delay regarding? So, uh, so Imam al-Shafi'i said it's something that a person has flexibility and can delay in because the Prophet ﷺ said whoever is able to do so. Uh, other ulama said no, that it becomes an obligation immediately when one is able to do so. And this is a, a, a difference of opinion regarding the fuqaha and there's uh, much to be said about that. But the more important thing as it relates here is that for someone who is seeking the higher levels of iman, then they would try to perform the hajj as soon as possible. Then that, that they would want to perform the hajj uh, because they would want to fulfill Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights upon them and they would not delay. So uh, the higher level of faith, uh, aside from the scholarly debate of the fuqaha, is to fulfill the hajj as soon as one is able to. الشعبة الثاني الثامنة الوفاء بالنذر والنذر هو التزام شيء أو التزام التزام بعمل شيء أو تركه وشرعا التزام مسلم مكلف قربة النذر هو أن يقول الإنسان النذر الشرعي إذا نجح ابني فعلي نذر أن أتصدق مثلا بألف دولار أو خمسمائة دولار مثلا إذا تلفظ إنسان بمثل هذا فهذا النذر فهذا الالتزام يكون يصير عليه واجبا يصير عليه واجبا يسمى نذرا فالتزام قربة ما دام المسلم يلتزم بقربة يعني يكلف نفسه شيئا من الطاعات هو ليس مكلفا بها ليس مكلفا بها يقول مثلا إن نجت إن أتى المسافر الفلاني فعلت كذا إن ولد مولود لي فعلت كذا وكان ذلك الفعل الذي نواه من القربات إما صدقة أو صيام أو صلة رحم أو خدمة يؤديها لأي مسلم فهذا فتلك القربة تتحول إلى أمر واجب عليه لا بد أن يؤديه فالتقصير فيه يأثم إذا قصر في أداء ذلك الذي التزمه أثم فإذن من كمال الإيمان الوفاء بهذا النذر الذي التزم به المسلم. The next branch of faith is fulfilling one's vows. Fulfilling one's vows and the word in Arabic is nether. And nether is, uh, is vowing to perform something or vowing to leave doing, uh, from doing something. And according to the Sharia, it is uh, a Muslim uh, who is accountable before Allah to certainly do something that is an act of uh, drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they, it becomes an obligation upon them when they vow to do that thing. So, for example, if a person uh, says, if my son uh, passes his exams, I will give in the way of Allah a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars, that that becomes a vow. That if the, if the son then does, uh, does, uh, pass and does graduate, then it would become an obligation upon him to fulfill that vow. 
Uh, or if someone says, if I have a child, I'll do X thing, uh, uh, you know, that's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or if so-and-so is saved or so-and-so comes back from traveling, I will give this or do this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has to be something that is pleasing to Allah and that we draw closer to Allah through. So whether it's charity or prayer or any other act of worship or serving uh, the needs of the Muslims, uh, whatever it may be. But when the person makes the vow, normally it's a voluntary act. It's not something that Allah would hold them accountable for otherwise. But when they make that vow, it becomes an obligation upon them. And part of uh, the perfection of our faith is that we fulfill the vows when we make them. الشعبة التاسعة تعظيم الأيمان والأيمان جمع يمين واليمين في الشرع هو تقوية الكلام بذكر اسم الله سبحانه وتعالى والحلف أو اليمين يكون بقولك بالله أو تالله أو والله والله والأشهر بالواو أو باء والتاء أو بقولك أقسم بالله فالقسم بأسماء الله سبحانه وتعالى هذا هو اليمين وهذا اليمين عندما يأتي على يأتي به الإنسان على لسانه ينبغي عليه أن يعلم ويشعر أن أنه أتى أمرا عظيما لأن الحلف والقسم بسم الله سبحانه وتعالى ليس كلاما هينا ولهذا قسم العلماء أو الفقهاء اليمين على أقسام فتعظيم اليمين والتقليل منها هذا من شعب الإيمان لماذا الله تعالى يقول ولا تجعلوا الله عرضة لأيمانكم بعض الناس كل على كل يعني كلما تكلم أو أراد أن يؤكد كلامه يحلف يحلف يا ابني تعال هنا وإلا والله لا أضربك يا يا فلان اذهب إلى كذا والله لا تفعل كذا فهذا القسم وتكراره يدل على ضعف في الإيمان فالواجب على الإنسان والمسلم الحريص على دينه أن يتحفظ على هذه الأيمان وأن يقلل منها the next uh, branch of faith is having exaltation and reverence for the sanctity of swearing by the name of Allah. So, uh, ayman or al-yameen, uh, singular in Arabic, is uh, making your speech more confirmed by the mention of Allah and swearing by Allah. So, there's three ways to do it in Arabic, either saying wallahi or billahi or tallahi. All of those mean by I swear by Allah, or if someone says it, the full phrase, uqsimu billah, I swear by God. Uh, and uh, this is something that when we're swearing by the name of Allah and mentioning the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it is a great thing and it is not something to be taken for granted and not something that we should say easily uh, because uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name is exalted. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, if you see people who will uh, swear by the name of Allah very easily, this is an indication of weakness of faith. Because uh, they are using Allah's name, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, and do not make the name of Allah uh, something that you just display in your oaths very easily. Uh, so, for example, if someone says to his son, uh, come over here or I swear by Allah I'll hit you or do this or I swear by Allah this will happen or people will almost use it in conversation all the time when they want to uh, confirm a particular point 
And that's an indication of the weakness of faith because an indication of the completeness of faith is that we do not use Allah's name and swearing by Allah uh, lightly and that we only do it very, very carefully uh, and when necessary. And that's an indication of the completion and the strength of faith. أداء الكفارات وما هي الكفارات هي في الشريعة الإسلامية قالوا ما كفر به من صدقة وصوم يعني ما قصر في أدائه الإنسان فمثلا في الحلف واليمين إذا حلف الإنسان على أخيه فلم ينفذ مؤدى ذلك تلك اليمين أو حلف أنه يفعل شيئا ولم يفعله هل تمر هذه اليمين يمر بسلام ويذهب وكأن شيئا لم يكن كلا إذا كانت يمينا مؤكدة تكلم بها المسلم أو تلفظ بها المسلم بكامل قواه العقلية ليس عن غضب وليس عن إكراه فهذه اليمين تلزمه طيب إذا لم يؤدها فعليه كفارة أداء الكفارات أيضا من شعب الإيمان والكفارات لا تتعلق فقط باليمين طبعا الكفارة في اليمين إما عتق رقبة أو صوم ثلاثة أيام أو إطعام ستة مساكين هذه الكفارة بمعنى أن يؤدي الإنسان شيئا لله سبحانه وتعالى في مقابل تلك اليمين وقلنا ليست الكفارات فقط في اليمين بل الكفارات عن أعمال الحج التي يخل بها الإنسان محظورات الإحرام الكفارات أيضا في الصوم بعض الناس مسنين كبار في السن لا يستطيعون أن يصوموا فيخرج ذويهم عنهم كفارات فالكفارات أنواع كثيرة فأداء هذه الكفارات من جانب الحي واجبة وأداؤها من كمال الإيمان وأيضا عن الميت إذا مات الميت وعليه أعمال لم يؤدها أو عليه صوم لم يصمه فيخرج وليه أو ورثته عنه كفارات فهذه خاتمة الشعب التي في درسنا لهذا اليوم. And the tenth branch of faith related to outward actions is fulfilling the expiations. So the expiation or the kafara is there. There is some shortcoming in one's in one's fasting. Or it can be related to multiple things. So, for example, if someone swears by the name of Allah and they uh, uh, vow to do something by the name of Allah and they do not fulfill that oath and that vow and swearing by Allah, then they have to fast three days as an expiation. Or they have to feed six people. Uh, and and there's there are other ways to kind of expiate because especially if the person does that vow, uh, with their intellect intact, that they are not overtaken by anger, uh, that they are not forced to say that particular statement. So if they do it uh, with a sound mind and they don't fulfill it, then they have to fulf- they have to give the expiation on behalf of that unfulfilled vow. Uh, but it also relates to other things, such as some of the rights of Hajj. If there is uh, a shortcoming in some of the rights of Hajj, then a person would have to pay an expiation uh, to to 
make up for that shortcoming. Uh, it can also relate to fasting as well. If there are uh, elderly people who cannot fast, then for every day that they're not fasting, that they fulfill, uh, that they give the expiation on behalf of that day. And a person has to, uh, uh, as part of the branches of faith and part of the perfection of one's faith, that they fulfill and give the expiations that are due upon them as long as they have life. And it, even if someone passes away and they have expiations uh, that uh, remain that they have not fulfilled, then uh, those who are uh, taking care of their affairs after their passing should pay that expiation on their behalf. And this is part of uh, <clears throat> the completion of faith. And uh, this is the last section on the outward actions related to the branches of faith. وكان من عادة الصالحين في في الأزمنة السابقة من الآباء والأجداد رحمهم الله أنهم كانوا يكتبون في الوصية ويخرج ويخرج ورثتي عني مثلا خمس كفارات عشر كفارات فمثلا يطعمون ستين مسكين عبارة عن عشر كفارات فهذه إذا كان الإنسان مثلا أدى الحج وخاف أن يكون في حجه خللا فأراد أن يكون حجه تاما فهو كفر في حياته ولكن أيضا يخشى فيقول لعلي لعله حج عن غيره أو كذا أو قصر في أمور من الحلف أحيانا الحلف هذا أو اليمين يأتي على الإنسان بدون شعور يا أخي بالله عليك أنك تشرب هذا هذا لغو فالإنسان دائما يتحلل كما قلنا بالأمس الخوف من الله سبحانه وتعالى يكون الإنسان دائما على خوف وحذر فألفاظه تكون يعني ينتبه لألفاظه وتكون مراقبة لا يتكلم إلا بكلام لا يكون عليه تبعة انظر كلمة واحدة بالله أو الله تؤدي عليك توجب عليك ماذا كفارات وتوجب عليك أداء وفاء بالحلف وغير ذلك فإذا فالمقصود أن ننبه أن بعض الناس يكتبون في وصاياهم أن يخرج عني ورثتي كذا وكذا من الكفارات هذا أيضا من تمام الإيمان ومن العمل الصالح المبرور وربما الناس لا يعتادون هذا ولكن ننبه عليه لأنه كانوا يفعلونه السابقون رحمه الله تعالى نسأل الله أن يعلمنا ما ينفعنا وينفعنا بما علمنا ويجعل ما قلناه حجة لنا لعلينا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم And one of the things that the righteous would do uh, in their will, they would write to their children after their passing that I have this many expiations that need to be fulfilled, so fulfill these expiations on my behalf. And maybe, for example, they went on hajj and they saw that there might be some shortcomings uh, in certain things, so they wanted to ensure that when they pass away, that they are very careful in fulfilling the expiations uh, that remain uh, on their, uh, that they're responsible for. So they would even write it down in their wills to make sure that it was taken care of. Or uh, they would ask, you know, uh, someone to fulfill uh, a particular religious duty on their behalf if they were not able to fulfill it and so forth. Uh, so uh, this is something that uh, people would do to really ensure out of care and caution that they were fulfilling this duty. And this is something that uh, uh, is part of the, the 
perfection of faith. And even if people today might not necessarily feel that this is something that they're used to or something that's normal to them, uh, it is something that we should uh, revive and something that we should do uh, in case anyone has any expiations that they're responsible for, whether it's related to hajj or fasting or uh, uh, swearing by the name of Allah. And that's something, unfortunately, sometimes people do it very haphazardly, where they'll say to someone, I swear by Allah that you have to drink uh, this water. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be very haphazard with it, but then they're responsible for that. So, uh, uh, you know, I encourage people because it was the way of uh, the righteous predecessors that they would have this care to write this down in their wills, that we also do that and we ensure that if there is anything outstanding, that we write it down in our wills so that uh, it's taken care of after our passing. We ask Allah... Uh, to teach us what benefits us and to benefit us with what we have learned. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. Our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate.